it is uh, great to really welcome back our guest. She was with us uh, about a year and a half ago, and uh, when her last CD came out, she's got a brand new one out in tribute to Frank Sinatra, who's celebrating his 100th uh, year this year. It is called Remembering Mr. Sinatra. Always great to welcome back. Really talented woman, nice lady as well. Julie Budd uh, on the telephone from up in New York today. And uh, Julie, great to talk to you again. How you been? It's so good to chat with you. It's been, you know, you and I couldn't even figure out what last we spoke. It felt like it was yesterday. I know. Well, we never met in person, but we've talked on the phone several times, and uh, I consider you a friend uh, already, even though we've never really seen each other. But but you're you're a, you're a great friend of mine, and the station as well. Ten pals. Well, I ten pals. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I, I, we want to talk a lot about the, the the CD, and of course, you're honoring Mr. Uh, Frank Sinatra himself. But you mentioned right before we went on, and I did see Richard, uh, uh, your PR man, uh, send out an email. You were inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame in Brooklyn. Talk about that for a minute. The Brooklyn Jewish Hall of Fame. You know, it's so funny. I went back to Brooklyn yesterday. It looks completely different. It looks like Soho or Tribeca. I mean, it looks, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's so cool. It just looks so different, you know, and, and I went back and we were at the Brooklyn Historical Society, which was gorgeous. And just looking at the neighborhood, it's so different. And all these shishi posh restaurants. We had dinner there last night. It was really nice. But it was so lovely because I was um, honored along with uh, Alan Dershowitz and Chuck Schumer oh, and Elizabeth Holtzman, yeah, and Five Finkel, who was a ninety some odd years old, and he was a big star in the Jewish theater. Oh sure, yeah. And so many other folks, you know. But but um, it was just. It was great. It was just great. I, I was born there. I think I might have told you that before, but I didn't live there. But my my parents lived there for many years. My dad was born there, so Brooklyn has been a big part of a uh, big part well, of our life. Technically, you could be up for it next year. Then I guess I could. Oh, I'm not Jewish. I'm an honorary uh, Jewish person from from uh, living in New York, but I'm not Jewish. Can I still get in? <laughs> you can still get in. I'll tell them. I'll tell them that you're my brother or something. That sounds you know? good. <laughs> Well, you mentioned Brooklyn. We, we had a man on the other day on our uh, our talk show. He wrote a book about the Brooklyn Dodgers, uh, how that was oh, such yeah. an important part of, of the borough. I know you're you know you're 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 too young to probably remember them. I am too. But just from reading about it, my parents telling me about it, Brooklyn Dodgers were were New York or were Brooklyn for so long. Well, you know, all those wonderful memories. That's when neighborhoods were neighborhoods. It was a great time. It was a great time, and people want to relive that because you know I think there's a part of us that really wants that back. Really is. Yeah, you, you you talk about uh, people wanting to you know have a, have a neighborhood and live in a place that that's part of you. And, and you and I have that have that uh, you know we lived in New York, grew up in New York. So a lot of people don't understand that. You know, you come down here to Florida or go other cities, it's, it's not quite the same. I mean, but uh, but that never leaves you. That that New York does it. It never does. Wherever you go, you're still that kid from Brooklyn. And you know, it's so funny because I've been, I've been traveling a lot. You know, with the CD and everything, I've been doing all these concerts and stuff. And people always say to me, "Where are you from?" And they know I'm a New Yorker, but they just don't know where. And whenever I say I'm from Brooklyn, they always say things like, "Oh, hey, you know, I know somebody from there." Or my grandmother used to live there. You know, it doesn't matter where I am. There's always somebody that connects. But people have really, really been connecting to to the new. CD. My God, it's been so successful. Again, called Remembering Mr. Sinatra, and he would have been 100 uh, coming up in December. Now, you worked with him. I think the last time we talked, he told some great stories about working in Las Vegas with uh, so many great stars, but, but you knew him, didn't you, as a child? Yeah, I did. Um, when I was 16, actually just short of my 16th birthday, uh, Mr. Sinatra chose me to be his special guest artist. 
um, his guest on his show at Caesar's Palace. Wow. And I mean, you know, I was still living in Brooklyn at the time. I was just a kid going to school and just getting started in show business and starting to make a little bit of a name for myself. I was doing a lot of TV. And he had sort of plucked me out of the group of singers, you know, and invited me to... Uh, to be his special guest artist. I have to tell you, you know, he was really wonderful to me. When I got the engagement, I remember, you know, I knew all the comics and everybody in the business because I was really starting to get very, very busy at that time, quite frankly. And so I started to know everybody and they were all warning me, oh, Julie, be careful. Oh, Julie, he's this way. Oh, Julie, he's that way. You know, don't talk to him. Don't look at him. Don't breathe in his direction. You know, that kind of thing. You know how people are. And I got to tell you, when I met him, it was a complete opposite. He was just totally, totally different. He was wonderful to me. I mean, yes, you know, Mr. Sinatra was a very complicated man, and he had a very, very turbulent life, you know. But um, I have to say, I can only go by, you know, my personal experience with him. And my personal experience with him was a very generous and, and giving experience. He was wonderful to me. I, th- I think he appreciated other singers, maybe more than other people in show business. I think singers he appreciated and understood, and I guess he got along with them probably as well as any any other person, right? Do you think that's part of it? Well, you know, you're, you're hitting on a very important point, because, um, and I said this to somebody last night when I was in Brooklyn, and they were asking me, you know, because they were talking about my CD and all that stuff, and and they asked me about Mr. Sinatra, and I said, you know, the funny thing about Mr. Sinatra is you never really heard from him unless something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Basically, he gave you pretty free reign to do what you had to do, and he felt by doing that he was going to find out who you were. By letting you go off and do what you wanted to do, he was going to learn a lot about your artistic taste and your choices and, you know, how you handled yourself and the kind of work that you were, you know, bringing to the table. And and he was wise, because that's really how you get to know somebody, by their choices, and how hard they work and what they do. And, and you know, you never really heard from him unless something was wrong. And I was grateful, because <laughs> I guess nothing was wrong. <laughs> well, I've read uh, several books about him and talking to different people. He was a perfectionist, so perfectionists tend to be a little you know, difficult at times and if like you said if you did something that he didn't like he'd let you know about it but if you weren't you know his name was on that marquee and and he wanted to be right and you know you can't hate somebody for wanting it to be right as a matter of fact i happen to applaud those people but but you know before mr sinatra nobody ever gave people um behind the scenes the kind of acknowledgement and credit that he gave people. Orchestrators, musicians, um, fellow artists, writers, composers, you know, he, he, um, he he would always give the people behind the scenes, the creative beings, the tech people, he would always give them credit in his show, and I always admired that about him. He always would give credit, uh, and you hear it in a lot of the live albums, of the, the composer of the song he was about to sing. He, he always mentioned that. And or, or Nelson Riddle, he'd too. This, yeah, right. Exactly. He'd say this is a great Don Costa arrangement. Or right. Nelson. He, was, he was great that way. And, and he, was, he was the perpetual student. He was always learning. He was, and he didn't care where he got the information. He just always wanted to be better. And I really, really liked that about him. 
I liked him a lot. I really, I liked him as a person. I mean, like I said, look, I, I could sense that Mr. Sinatra could be complicated. You know? <laughs> I, I knew that. I knew that. But, but at the core of it all was a, was a good guy. Was were you able to ever just kind of sit backstage and, and, and talk with him kind of alone for 10, 15 minutes just to get an idea? I know the age difference there is you as a child probably didn't have a lot of time to do that, but were you able to no, 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 talk to him? You'd be, you'd be surprised. Yeah. I had lots of time. I have, and he made time to do that. He wanted to. He wanted to know who I was, and he was very accessible. and And you know, he was interested in in what I was thinking and saying. You know, he did not make the age the barrier. You know, mm-hmm. he knew that I was paying attention. He knew I was interested. He knew I was plugged into what I was doing. He was interested in that. No, we had a lot of time to chat. He was great. What was that like uh, when you when you opened for him in, in Vegas? I mean, that's that's the pinnacle, really, of of live show business. Uh, did you have, did you have to kind of tell him what songs you wanted? Did he tell you, or how did you put that whole thing together? You know, in true Sinatra fashion, as I said before, he gave you a lot of space to do what you wanted to do. He never, and I was, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. He never approved my song list. Really. He would, no, he, he stood by and he listened, he listened. He knew that you couldn't tell on paper what it was. He knew that you had to hear the chart and you had to see how it was being presented in the context, you know, that you were going to be doing it. He knew that. Yeah. And, and he liked, he liked my choices. He liked what Herb and I were doing. So he was, he was very pleased with me. And he didn't give me a hard time at all. As a matter of fact, matter of fact, he actually increased my stage time. Really? Wow. You know, yeah, most of the time, you know when you work with, you know, people like that, you're lucky to get 20, 25 minutes. Right. Opening act is about 20 minutes, right? Yeah. He gave me nearly 40. Wow. Yeah, it was very generous, extremely generous. And um, he trusted, he trusted my choices and he appreciated them and, and he let me know that. We had a wonderful time. We had a really wonderful time together, and um, it was a real nice give and take. He had, he had an enormous respect for what I was doing, and uh, it had nothing to do with the fact that I was a kid. He knew what I was trying to do, and, and he helped me get there. He was, he was a good guy. He was just a good guy. Talking with Julie Budd, the name of the CD is Remembering Mr. Sinatra. And just going through some of the songs in the CD, you picked some great ones, Julie. Uh, uh, the Best Is Yet to Come, uh, Come Rain or Come Shine, Don't Get Around Much Anymore. I mean, uh, I know he, sang, he had so many recordings, it must have been a challenge to pick the, the eight or ten songs that, that you wanted to do. Well, you know, um, it's interesting that you ask me that. It's a, it's a smart question, because, and it's a smart observation, because really what I was doing with this CD, I did not want to emulate um, his execution of, the, of this material. I mean, for heaven's sakes, if you want to hear that, you can listen to his CD, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you'll, and you'll be hearing what you want to hear. What this really was, this was a valentine and a tribute to a very unique time in show business, and I happened to be there, and I was part of it. And it's my, it's my contribution. You see, Mr. Sinatra never really asked that much of me, but the one thing he did ask of me was that I continue to do this material. He said, because Julie, there's gonna come a time 
that it's going to go away. And if you don't do it, no one's going to know it was done. Right. And it's, it's like passing something down in a family, you know. And he said to me, he said, Julie, you know, this is really what you do well. And it would be crazy for you to abandon it. And I promised him I would continue to do the work. And, and I'd been walking around for several years with this idea, you know, to do the CD. And I didn't know how I wanted to approach it. I never intended it, quite frankly, to fall out on the centennial. It, it just happened to happen that way, yeah. you know. And, and, and when I chose the songs, I chose them because they were um, an homage, mm -hmm. a tribute to the things that we did in concert when we worked together. So I didn't just sort of randomly pick, oh, I'm gonna do this Sinatra song or that, you know. I didn't do my way, you know, because that was sort of his. Right. But, but I wanted to pick things that I felt would be songs that artists such as myself would continue to do. And also, they were a memory of those nights on stage when we performed these songs. So I, I wanted I wanted it to be a retrospect of that. But I certainly didn't want to um, copy his arrangements. Or, I didn't want this to be a karaoke CD. Right. You know, there are so <laughs> many people out there doing, you know what I mean, there are so many people out there doing tributes. Pre this pretty bad, too. Now. Yeah, bad ones. Yeah. And, well, what I don't like about them, I mean, I'm sure there are folks out there that love it, and, and I hope they all do well, but what I personally don't like about them is that they're trying to emulate Mr. Sinatra. You don't emulate anyone. You know, you tip your hat to the work and you find your own voice in it. And then it becomes authentic. So so that's that's kind of what what we did and and I hope everybody will love it. Well, thank you, uh, speaking for myself and all of our listeners here, for, for keeping it alive. I mean, uh, it is important to keep this music out there, let people under a certain age know it's around. <laughs> well, I hope that they'll love it and they can get it on Amazon and CD Baby and Barnes and & Noble and iTunes. It's all over the place, and I want to thank you so, so much for having me back on the show. You're always so great tonight. Well, it's great to chat with you. I did want to say that those are great pictures you have on the CD, particularly one with the, the Sinatra hat. I always liked where you wore the hat, and you got a great hat on your <laughs> on the cover of this. <laughs> I hope you'll love it. I do. I really do. Julie Bud, always great to chat with you, and uh, we won't wait a year and a half before we do the next one. Uh, hopefully we'll do it sooner than that, but uh, again, congratulations on the CD. We'll talk to you soon. Stan Brock. 30 years ago, I formed Remote Area Medical to help people overseas. But then we found generations of families in America isolated by poverty from the health care they need. Together, we can take dental, vision, and medical help to a million adults and their kids right here at home in the United States of America. <laughs>